Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, is the number. You can text me, 720-336-0897. That's the number to to dial to text me. You can text uh, prayer requests. You can text uh, questions there as well. Welcome everyone listening on Grace FM Radio Network, Radio by Grace. You guys are listening live. Everyone on Truth FM and Hope FM, we want to say hey to you guys uh, because you're also listening. You're here one week delayed, but it's like live, right? Because you can call in now, talk to me live. Uh, and I know it's different, my voice here on a Tuesday, but I'm filling in for, uh, if you're listening to this live, it's not a rebroadcast, I'm filling in for Pastor Jeff to get some time away. Uh, so you can call me, we'll talk on the air like we're on the phone, and then you get to hear it in your, um, you get to hear it on your radio station next week, uh, which is kind of cool because you can give your full attention to the question and to uh, the answer right there on the air. So Give me a call, 303-690-3000, Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. Let's see. Um, well, you know, I think there's a couple things on my mind right now uh, with, with regard to the Word of God. Uh, this last week, we finished here at Calvary studying through Acts chapter 4. <clears throat> and I don't know if you've ever noticed before, I, actually I would say we had finished Acts 5, if you've ever noticed before the manipulative techniques that were used by the religious rulers to silence the gospel or to come against the truth. And as we were teaching, while I didn't break it down this way, that's not how the Lord would have me to have taught the text. Uh, As we were going through it, things became abundantly clearer and clearer the more that we read through the text. So maybe that can be uh, part of our time today that we can talk about in Acts chapter 5, if you're in in a place where you can open the Bible. I would encourage you to do that. Remember, in response to the restoration of power and purity in the presence of God to the church, uh, after the hypocrisy of the Ananias and Sapphira, after the persecution that came against Peter and John for preaching the gospel up in the tent, after thousands of people were getting saved at once, you know, it just does a death blow to the idea of all this talk of mega church, small church, big church, medium church. 
God's going to do what he wants to do. And if he wants to save thousands at one time, so be it. If he wants to save one at so time, so be it. Like it's his church and he's going to do whatever, whatever he wants to do. And it's, it's better that we trust him in that, um, as fast as we can, uh, so that, you know, the Holy Spirit will use us, uh, and not argue about things, uh, that don't need to be argued about. Right. Uh, so, uh, anyway, in our study, we started looking because what happens after power and purity comes back to the, to the church, what did the religious rulers do? They grab them and throw them in prison. We're going to pause there because we do have a call. So we're going to take Greg here on line one in Colorado. Greg, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Um, All right. So I kind of had a question in regards to, and I've, uh, I don't know, I've kind of struggled with this for a while. Um, okay. Really just understanding it. But uh, in regards to the Trinity, um, really what I'm, what I'm confused about is, and even in the Bible, there are times where, you know, Jesus Christ will sit there and reference, you know, uh, you know, Father, if, if, you know, when he's re- referencing, you know, if this would be your will, then, then fine, where he's kind of having a discussion with, you know, in, in my head, I guess, himself. Um, but then you have, you know, um, other times where, you know, he's asking, Father, why have you forsaken me? And all, just, all, sure. just things like that in the Bible that, you know, it seems like he's talking to uh, another individual. Yes. Uh, but, it, you know, in a lot of the things that I have conversations with other people and a lot of things that I hear on Calvary is, you know, it's, it's one and the same. Um, and that's, that's one of the things where I'm trying to get as much clarification on the subject as possible, sure. because I actually grew up with that being three separate entities. Um, yes. And, you know, that's a part that obviously I grew up understanding. And to <laughs> me, that was just how it always was. And that's, sure. that makes sense to me because that's what I was taught. And so when I hear that, I still struggle with trying to understand what exactly it is that you guys are meaning. Yeah, let's just start with the fact that what you've stumbled stumbled upon here and found great difficulty in understanding is across the board something we all experience. This is a characteristic of God and how he's revealed himself that troubles all of us because it really does transcend our logical minds. Uh, A lot of God transcends our logical minds. I mean, when he breaks in the the natural to accomplish the supernatural that's that's not understandable um it, it there's a lot about god you know why does he allow suffering and um why did that happen to that person and not the other there's so much about god that is in the realm of mystery uh that's in the realm of troubling i just want to affirm that that's normal it's normal what you're what you're experiencing when it comes to the trinity so when we have a difficulty like this um, it's best to go back to the source beyond what Ed taught, beyond what you grew up with, and and try as best as we can without our presuppositions or our memories or our ha- habits and just say, what does the Bible say? And and can we get to that as simple as possible? I mean, it's hard. Like that's Even that's going to be challenging, but... What what can we do? So when it comes to God, we should start with the question, who does God say he is? Right? Doesn't Is that a good question? Right, yes. Who does God say he is? And so as you go through the scriptures, uh, I think it's important to do three things. Number one, what does the Bible have to say about God the Father? Because we see God the Father or Lord or Jehovah or Yeshua 
uh, we find these characteristics of God uh, as Father. What does the Bible have to say about him, number one? Then we also have the claim of Jesus Christ himself, who also claims to be God. What does the Bible have to say about him? And then thirdly, we have to ask the question, well, we also recognize that the Holy Spirit is referenced as God. So what does the Bible have to say about the Holy Spirit? And when we do those three exercises, what we find is, is they all share the same attributes and yet are distinct persons, right? You said different entities. Is that what you, did you use the word entity? I forgot which, yeah, yeah, you used the word we were, I was raised with, they were separate entities. I would choose to use the word person because each one of them actually has been attributed personhood in the scriptures. So there are three distinct persons. You would be right if you use that language. There are three distinct persons uh, within the Godhead because they're all sharing the same attributes. They all, again, I'm going to give you a fancy word here. Um, It's not a seminary class on this, but I'll give you a, a fancy word that they all ontologically share the same nature. They have the same nature and they share the same attributes and they all claim to be God. And once we come to that conclusion, then we then we have to ask a fourth question and, and is what does the Bible have to say about the doctrine of the Trinity? And how does how does the Bible put the three together as one without losing their uniqueness uh, and their distinct personhood? Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's really hard to grasp, but there are some human some human examples of could this possibly happen? Did God give us hints? of Trinitarian doctrine or Trinitarian understanding in just everyday life. And again, these examples fall far short of the doctrine of the Trinity when it relates to God and his, in his uniqueness and his omnipotence and his eternality and the mystery of him. But they still give our little puny minds an ability to understand. For example, um, a great example would be an egg, right? An egg. We, we know an egg has a shell. We know an egg has a yolk. We know an egg has whites, a white part to it, right? So if I put an egg, I just boiled some eggs yesterday. If I put an egg in my palm and I said, I, I came to you and I said to you, Greg, what's in my hand? What would you say right away, out, right out of the top? Clearly an egg, obviously. That's what I see. <laughs> right. You see, but you actually don't. You just see the shell. You don't see the egg, you just see the shell, but you refer to it as an egg. And then if I open it up and I, you saw the yolk, you'd probably say that's a yolk, but a yolk is what? It's an egg. And then you maybe see the whites. Now we don't use this language. We don't, we just have already processed this all in our head. We, we don't question it. We don't think too hard about it. It's just, Hey, look, an egg has three distinct parts, but it's all an egg. And the white in and of itself isn't the whole egg, except that it is, because it is without the white, there is no egg. And without the shell, there is no egg. And without the yolk, there is no egg. And so somehow there's there's a there's an independence or a distinctness, but there's also a unity among those two that makes up the whole. I'll give you another example, and then you could give a follow-up. Um, another example would be water. Right? What are the if you and I were in chemistry class, what would they tell us the principles of water are? How would they describe that? I'm just H two O, yeah. They would say it H two O. And so there I am, you and I are in the class together. I have three containers on the table. I have H two O 
well, actually, I have a liquid. I have a, I have a solid frozen. I have a piece of ice. I have liquid. I have a piece of ice, and I have some vapor. And I would ask you, what, what's, what's over here on the left, the liquid? What would you say? It, you'd say it's? Water. Yeah. Water or H2O. And then I point to the middle and I'd say, here's the vapor. What is it? You go, oh, it's steam. And I said, but what is it? And you'd say H2O. And then I'd point to the solid. You go, oh, that's ice. Yeah, but what is it? And you would say, well, H2O, Ed, stop it. Enough. Enough is enough. But you can see that there's hints within the realm of humanity. There are, there are principles given to us in the humanity, even in our lives. We're body, soul, and spirit, but we're, they're distinct from each other but they make up the whole of who we are. And you see these things all throughout creation that God's saying, I know it's hard for you to understand who I am. It will always be hard for you to fully understand because if we could fully understand God, we'd be God. But I want to show you throughout my creation that this three-in-one concept is not unusual and you live with it every day. What are your thoughts? Uh, so I'm just trying to think in, in terms of, you know, I clearly, I understand as far as like how all that ties together, um, and those are all pretty much one and the same. They're just separate but the same, if that, if that makes sense. But yes, uh, in in functionality, as far as how I understand the Godhead and all that to to work in my mind as a human being, obviously outside of my realm of understanding, then it makes perfect sense to me that okay, sure, why wouldn't you know three three different persons? That makes perfect sense okay. uh, because you have. You know stories throughout of you know God being essentially separate from Jesus Christ during uh, biblical times, and you know Jesus Christ talking to God as though he he's a whole another person, and then um, you know clearly you have the Holy Spirit, which um, is just in another person that really comes to us to, to give us guidance, and, and and is you know God's still small voice, um, and, and so to me it that makes sense, and then to sit there and say that you know God is, is it's Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and all that, and that's all just one and the same. That, that's, I think, where myself as a human, I'm sitting there going, yes and no, but why, you know, to, to me, it also makes sense because, you know, for a man to, to sit there and, and be uh, sinless in his existence, it, it's inhuman. It's something that you couldn't, <laughs> it's something that we couldn't it's, obtain as human beings. Otherworldly, uh, you bet. Really, Christ, you know, set the standard for that, and, and God clearly knew that none of us were going to be able to be sinless, um, and so that part, you know, also makes sense. And so that's that's just where my my brain goes with with all of this, and, and clearly outside of my own understanding because it's it, it is mine. It, it's the same category of you know Genesis one one um, when you in the beginning God in the beginning God we we either accept that by faith or we don't. There's no other option, and it is a faith. We weren't there, so we don't know. Um, we're given insight from God, and our response will either to be trust in the knowledge that we have by faith, or and and I and I do emphasize this isn't a blind faith where we don't have knowledge, where we don't have evidence, where we don't have information. This is not blind faith, as some of the critics might apply it. It is, do I trust God with the information that I have currently? Because I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Like, for example, um, I don't know about you, but I know nothing about electricity. Nothing. I don't understand the ohms and the volts and the watts. None of that stuff. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You could explain it to me, and I still won't get it. I've tried. It's just one of those areas. However, 
The fact that I don't understand electricity does not prevent me from flipping the switch on in my office and expecting the light to come on. I don't know how it works. I just know it works. And so I, by faith, respond to that light switch in in my life to say, I take it for granted because of the evidence that I've experienced that when I flip that switch, whatever electricity is and does, wherever it comes from, however it works, what happens in wires and light fixtures and on and on that list, whatever that is, I just trust that it's going to do what it's supposed to do because of the evidence that's been given to me. And I, I find that many times that's how I approach the Bible. Uh, it's not a, it's not a lack of information. It's just the lack of information that would push me over the top where I could say, well, I perfectly understand that. And, and I don't. So I just have to revert back to, well, this is what God has revealed. And this is the conclusion. You can't, it can't be refuted. Like if somebody goes, well, you know, like the false doctrine of modalism, you know, modalism is a real popular alternative to Trinitarian doctrine and modalism approaches God this way. um, And maybe this is what you're describing. You grew up in, but modalism, it comes from the word mode that God is one and he only appears in one mode at a time. So the idea that, you know, God, let's just say he has, God is one, but he has three hats So God puts the father hat on, and that's how he appears. Then he takes the father hat off, puts the son hat on, and that's how he appears. And then takes the the son hat off, and he has the Holy Spirit hat, and he never does two or three at a time. Like he only appears as one, and then he presents himself in a certain mode. Um, But that doesn't make any sense at all. uh, Because it's easy. To me, that doesn't make sense, uh, Pastor. To, To me, that you can't have God being all, all powerful, all encompassing and all over and be limited to only being one or the other. Um, so for, you're right. And, and, so, but I'll make it easier for you, Greg, I'll make it easier for you besides our logic and our understanding. I mean, actually it's easier to understand that than the doctrine of the Trinity, but I'll tell you the Bible blows that thought out of the water because God has revealed himself. Remember at the baptism of Jesus, remember who was there? The Father speaking from heaven at the same time the Son is in the water being baptized at the same time that the Holy Spirit is descending as a dove. So we have all three persons of the Godhead in the same place at the same time. That that one state, that one view, I mean, that one teaching in the Scriptures blows modalism out of the water. Um, and and so my point is, is that, yes, we, we have some things in our logic. However, it's safest to come back to the scriptures and let the scriptures describe God and our hearts yearn to know more about him until we meet him face to face. Okay. Um, I just know that right now with everything, the way it is in society, the world, and just everything just seems, I I, I won't say hopeless, Mm -hmm. but definitely uh, a little bit of despair with the direction of everything that's going on right now. And um, I am, really focusing myself as much as I possibly can on not necessarily getting right with God, but trying to understand everything that I maybe don't even fully understand or maybe even question myself. And so I'm just trying to get answers and and really just truth to uh, better understand everything so that, you know, when that time does come, I can feel pretty confident in where I'm at and where I stand. Well, email me. 
Uh, if you want more information, I can give you both the series of studies I taught on this and some information in writing that will help you uh, grasp the the character and nature of God a little better and help you in this season of learning right now because there is the Bible does have much to say about your question. Okay. Um, and then Pastor, Ed, uh, you know, this, I don't know if you remember, this was a couple of weeks ago I called uh, in regards to living with my girlfriend, having kids, and uh, trying to go through the whole route of being married and, you know, really trying to focus on that. And like I said, I'm trying to do everything right by God and trying Good. to put that back on God and make sure that that is, that is who's making my decisions for me, not myself. And so um, that, that being said, with that situation, we're, we're uh, still living in the same house, and I'm you know, just sleeping on the couch. We're not sleeping in the same bed. Um, you know, it just doesn't seem that at this point it's going to head in the direction that I'm hoping for. Okay. Unfortunately, everything is in Colorado with just outrageous uh, housing prices and, and mm. rent. Um, it's yeah. really, really difficult to, to just up and, and find somewhere to go. It just is. And so, uh, for the time being, we're, we're just keeping to that arrangement and, uh, until I can get into something that's going to fit financially and, and really help her. Um, because at the same time, she's, she's been dealing with uh, a lot of, uh, issues with COVID. Uh, she got really, really sick in the hospital for, yes. um, six days and she's been struggling with that really ever since. And so I've really been there to really try to help out best I can and, and just help her out. And so I think that's the other part of why I've, I've just been sticking around is, is, you know, yes, you know, at the same time, I know God wants us to be married and not be living together and sin. Um, and then I know that at the same time, I'm also supposed to be a servant. And so that's also the kind of the conflict for myself. So um, anyway, I just thought I'd give you that update. Well, and, and I think that I do think that God condescends. He comes down to where you are and honors those steps. I think the flip side of that coin is this is what this is the, the the pain and the frustration and the finances and the difficulties that now you're assessing with a new set of eyes. This is why and and you can't really undo this right now. But this is why you'll hear a pastor. Or you'll hear someone just beg you don't sin to begin with because it won't get easier. It'll get harder. It'll get more difficult. And as you try to unravel some of these um, some of these, you know, I guess cords of sin that are intertwined with one another, as you're getting right with the Lord, you, it forces you to make partial decisions. It forces you to compromise. It forces you to rethink the absolutes of the scriptures and even redefine things. And so I want to, I want to warn you in that area, but I also want to commend you uh, because you are making hard decisions. You are on the right track. Um, I, I don't want you to fool yourself though. Please don't fool yourself. You, there's still attraction. There's still temptation. There's still uh, hormones and emotions and everything. And I don't want you to fool yourself that just because you guys are in different rooms that that's going to stop that stuff um, because really that is the essence of what God's pulling you away from. He wants you He wants you to, to value your fiancé or to value your girlfriend uh, as the woman that she is by covenant. Um, that's the, that's the covenant that, that, that's the basis of relationship. And, and so I do commend you making hard decisions. It's not easy. Most guys don't even want to make the hard decisions you've made. Um, but I do know that God is able to transcend all the troubles you see, all the difficulties you're facing 
And he is able to make a way where there is no way. And you'll be able to accomplish even those gracious things in your heart to be a servant, to honor God, to to care for this person you care for very much. Um, God will provide a way where there is no way. Um, just trust him. And I commend you for the steps you've already taken. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right, man. God bless you, bro. All right. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Hey, Pastor Frank from Amarillo, Texas. Attend Grace Church with Pastor Bill. I was just texting with Pastor Bill today. I see your men's conference is coming up out in Amarillo, Texas, there at Grace Church. So I wanted to encourage him in that. My friend is coming out uh, to teach you guys and serve you guys, so I know it'll go really well. Uh, My question is, why isn't Jesus mentioned in our history books? Um, I was asking, didn't really know how to answer, uh, and... I, I guess it depends on what you mean by our history books. Um, certainly, the life and times of Jesus Christ have been recorded in extra-biblical. Um, you know, I think of Josephus in particular, who from the very beginning was writing down a history of the early church and um, mentions Jesus outside of the Bible. Of course, the Bible itself is a history book. Uh, It's not a history book with an exhaustive history, but certainly the eyewitnesses of the life and times of Jesus are mentioned. Um, So I think that part of your question could also include, like, what history books um, are you referring to? Is it the United States history books? Um, I mean, if you think even Jesus is mentioned in in the Quran, the Quran is not a Bible, not a God-inspired book, but even so... Uh, it um, he is mentioned in the Quran and quite a bit, uh, and so um, I would say that the answer is he is mentioned. But again, you you have to think that history books written by non-believers, history books written by uh, men and women that are anti-God are not going to write about something that they don't believe in. They're not going to chronicle something, especially spiritually that would be life transforming to validate or affirm something they themselves. I mean, even history books are written with a bias. And certainly you see that today. History books are being revised. History is being revised. Everybody, any history book that we read is given from the perspective of the authors and the editors. Uh, And, uh, you know, especially in our own United States, uh, as there is an attempt to revise history in many ways, or and sometimes it's good. It's a good attempt to revise. Many times it's not. Um, but even so, um, Jesus certainly is mentioned in extra biblical um, writings. And I would say, if it was a person asking a question, kind of picking a fight or something, I'd put it back on them. Uh, I'd say, "What do you mean? How do you know he's not? Where, where did you get that information from?" Uh, and you could offer right out of the gate um, the mentions of Jesus uh, with. Um, Josephus, just start there. How many references are necessary? I mean, I'm sure there are more. I don't know. I don't have a list of references, but I'm sure uh, in um, in I've got new. I'm looking up at my shelf right now. I've got a New Testament history book. I got La Tourette's Christian history. I've got Philip Schaff's history. Um, I'm sure with a little bit of research and a little bit of digging, uh, you will find many references of Jesus. But but I guess the question is one enough. Because Josephus, I know for sure, mentions Jesus. Uh, and 
there are other uh, things already in the first century too. Remember, they were already, Peter was already saying there that they were being accused of following myths and fables, and he says, "Are you kidding me? We this is that we are eyewitnesses. <laughs> we're eyewitnesses." So um, Jesus definitely is mentioned in extra biblical resources with great um, clarity, uh, as well as we don't want to minimize. The, I would, with somebody accusing the scriptures, I wouldn't minimize. What, how can you minimize the Bible? Uh, it's a timeless book. It's an eternal book. And what do we do about the historical references of his resurrection? And, and I mean, we could go on and on. It's so good. So thanks for calling. Bless you. You hear the music uh, coming up on the first and only break. It's a real quick one. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to today's program. I'm sitting in. My name is Ed Taylor for my friend Jeff Figs. Love to connect with you from the East Coast to the West Coast, around the world, gracefm.com. Of course, the show originates from Grace FM, a radio network here in Colorado, reaches 80, yes, 80% of the population in Colorado, and we're carrying a much larger network. So, you know, Colorado's population isn't very large, um, but uh, the radio network, Radio by Grace, is 20-something plus um, states, so we're covering a lot of population there. Hope FM, again, all throughout the New Jersey, Pennsylvania um, uh, New J- Maryland area and uh, a Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio. And by the way, I'm I just got a text during the break from our friend Pastor Ty Orr. He's in Idaho Falls, uh, Idaho, and he just said, "Tell your listeners hi from Idaho." So not only am I going to say hi from Idaho, but you guys in Idaho, uh, Pastor Ty from Idaho Falls says hello. <laughs> 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Pennsylvania, uh, Marcus Pencil- Marcus in Pennsylvania, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Doing very well, very well. So, I have a question about Noah's Ark, yes. and if you don't mind, I'll give you my question, then I'll give you the context for it. Great. So, my question is, how did Noah, his family, and the animals, how did they breathe? And here's why I ask. Okay. To my knowledge, there were only two access points to the ark. There was the door on the side, and then there was the window at the top. And as best I can remember, both those access points stayed completely shut and sealed for the better part of six months. And my question is, with that in mind... How did air circulate throughout the ark, and if so, how? I'm just curious, how was the oxygen level maintained in a sealed box, basically, for six months? Yeah, that's a great question. I have no idea. But during the break, I looked it up, and I have a, an answer from a man that I trust, uh, Ken Ham, and this is what he says. You ready? Who better to ask? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so here's <laughs> what he says. How did the animals breathe? 
based on my two decades of research, I do not believe that anything more was needed than a basic non-mechanical ventilation system. The density of the animals on the ark compared to the volume of the enclosed space was much less than we find in some modern mass animal housing used to keep stock raised for food, such as chicken farms, which requires no special mechanical ventilation. It is reasonable to believe that one relatively small window would have adequately would have adequately ventilated the ark. Of course, if there was a window along the top center section, which the Bible allows, all occupants would be even more comfortable. It's also interesting to note that the convective movement of air driven by temperature differences between the warm-blooded animals and the cold interior surfaces would have significant enough to drive the flow of air. Plus, wind blowing into the window would have enhanced the ventilation further. However, if supplementary ventilation was necessary, it could have been provided by wave motion, fire thermal, or even a small number of animals harnessed to a slow-moving rotary fans, end quote. Hmm. I'll have to look that one up. Email me. I'll send you the link. Will do. And I know I've heard it several times on your show, but what is it again? Uh, Ed, yeah, send it to ed at edtaylor.org. It has to be .org. Ed at edtaylor.org. You sure Santa Claus wouldn't know? Santa Claus will. He doesn't forward my email anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he did for a while, but I haven't got any in a while. <laughs> Okay, Thank- Pastor Ed, I really appreciate it. Okay, bless you, brother. Bye-bye. That was a great question. I mean, I this is not an area of my expertise at all, but I am grateful for men and women that have gone before me that this is just their world, right? True science uh, and true scientists agree with the Bible, and they're on a, uh, uh, they're on a journey of discovering what God has created. Isn't that awesome? I love it. And I would have never thought, I would have never answered this. Wind blowing into the window would have enhanced the ventilation. But if supplementary ventilation was needed, wave motion, fire, thermal, or even a small, I would have never thought of that. I was, I would, I, this isn't my realm. So thank you, Ken Ham. Reminds me we need to get you here to Colorado again. So I'll have to figure that one out. All right, let's go over to Annapolis, Maryland. Doug, welcome to the program. Hey, Ed. Thanks for having me on, man, and I just want to first start off and say how thankful I am for this ministry, man, and um, it, it blesses me every single day. I listen to you guys almost every day. So That's so good. Yeah. Blessed by that, brother. What's going on? Amen, amen. Yeah, so uh, exciting. Uh, you know, God's uh, bringing me into a new season in my life. Um, I'm coming up on a year of sobriety. Um I have, you know, struggled with drug addiction and alcoholism in my past, and um, I'm 29 years old, and God saw fit to bring a young lady into my life um, okay. who knows the Lord, and, Good. you know, I just, uh, yeah, man, I, we both want to keep this relationship pure, and we're uh, learning how to do that, um, and I just recently had a, you know, we had a discussion about you know, certain boundaries, um, we just want to set in place. So I just, yeah, man, I just want prayer for strength in the realm of purity, uh, between me and her. And I want to honor God with this relationship. And, you know, I want, um, 
don't know. I just want to please him, man. And it's it's hard because you know my past relationship history and hers. You know, there's a lot of uh, trauma. Mm. You know, for me, you know, this is the first time in my life that I'm, you know, wanting to do things right and yes. by the Good. Bible. So, you know. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray for my brother as he enters into this new relationship. He, Lord, that you would... Um, Go before him, give them, I pray, I just feel this burden, God, to pray for patience in both of them, that they would walk in the Spirit and that that patience that you promise would be theirs by faith, that they wouldn't rush into anything, uh, they wouldn't um, try to make things happen, but rather be faithful to allow things to happen. I also pray, God, that they would be open that they would be open uh, to anything that you have. If it is to put it on pause or if it is to uh, move on or it is to wait or whatever it is, God, that you would provide for them um, a need, you know, just exactly what's needed so that the best success would come out of this. And let it begin in good friendship. Let them learn to be good friends to one another. And let it grow from there. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate it. Let us know how it goes. I will do. Thanks, Ed. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We're going to come back to Denver now. Uh, Rudy is in Denver. Welcome to the program. Pastor Ed, how's it going? It's going great. All right. Uh, I had a quick question. I was doing a Bible study um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we came across a verse. I believe it's in Matthew, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first Gospels in the New Testament, about lending, about, like, uh, came across something about letting somebody borrow. Okay. Or don't, you know, lending without, lend to your brother without charging them interest. That came to mind the other day when a, friend wanted to borrow a tool. When I seen okay. his garage, he had about three tools that were broken. Okay. I saw stingy when I denied letting him borrow, and it wasn't with the interest, but just I felt like I wasn't obedient to being, you know, loving my brother. Okay. He looked at me like, well, yours is right there. You know, I was just looking for some clarity on that. What's your question? Well, my, my question is, is, is I, I felt stingy. I felt, I felt, I was Going, I, I didn't feel obedient to God, and according to like to that verse, when I told him no, I thought I was being wise to protect what's mine and what I work hard for. Okay. But I thought that was my, that was that was just me thinking selfish, not selfless. Well, as soon as you hang up, go lend him the tool. Okay, okay, and it's so. I, and I guess this is what I'm struggling with: is that it, if it's like the three tools that he wants to borrow of mine that he has broken up and it's, he seems to be careless yeah and is it just materialistic and to love him in that way then don't lend it to him yeah so I I, I, I that's why I feel guilty I want to give it to him and let it be materialistic but when is a good time to say no as if then if you don't want to be materialistic then lend it to him 
You see, I'm kind of okay. being goofy with you, right? Yeah. No, you no, see, I, we're yeah, going back yeah. and forth. I, you want to know why? You want to know why I just chose to answer that way? Why? For this purpose, for this very moment. Brother, okay. you are hearing from the Lord, so please obey him. And don't make it so okay. complicated. Obey him. You okay. know what you should do, and, and it's okay that you struggle. It's okay that you're like, oh, my gosh, I hope he doesn't break it. It's okay. That's exactly why God has led you in this realm. He's put, He's already, he, you didn't need Ed Taylor to do this. He's already put his finger on the feelings that you're having about valuing mm-hmm. that tool so much. And so it really sounds like to me the Holy Spirit's already told you what to do. So hang up. Yeah. And go lend that dude the tool. Be be wise about it. Give him, get, tell him, please don't break it. Be wise. I want it back next week. Be wise. Don't expect anything in return, right? What the Bible said. Um, but yes. It, yes. It, if you would have called and said, I don't feel guilty. It's okay. I'm all right. You know, he has six of the other tools. Well, then don't lend it to him. Like the Holy Spirit's leading you to teach you something about your relationship with tools. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's poor. It doesn't sound like he's in great need. It doesn't, you know, he doesn't fall into those categories. So then when I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh, he doesn't sound like he's your enemy, right? So all the categories the Bible speaks to, it sounds like this is for you. Okay. So go lend it to him and be ready to buy a new one. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Definitely. Well, okay. Well, I I thank you. I thank you for that. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you I, I because I would be filled this way if I cared, if I didn't care. That's so. right. No, you're right. I mean, I wouldn't have messed around with you either if I didn't hear that you have a relationship with the spirit. Like it's, this is, I was just sharing this too, uh, at the church, you know, sometimes in counseling, people want us to answer their questions and tell them what to do when they already know what to do. So like the, the, the idea is just yeah. to help them. Okay. You already know the Holy Spirit's already spoken to you. He's so gracious to you. And then we can just become a voice to affirm what the Lord's already speaking to you. So to me, it's Amen. pretty encouraging. Very, good. yes, it is. So, Father, I pray for my brother Rudy and all that he's feeling and going through right now, and thank you for hearing him um, express his relationship with you and some of his feelings and and just his concern for tools that he's worked hard for, Lord. And, and even so, why, why do we work hard? So that we could be a blessing. And why do we lend so that we can express the love of Christ in a time that's needed. And and even here, I hear my brother too, God, and I'm thankful for listening so I can meditate on it for myself. Um, just hearing how you've put some, you've been touching some things in his life that you want to release him and you want to grow him and mature him. And so I pray that into his life. And I pray that this would be a great um, uh, ending, Lord. I don't want to, I, I hope it doesn't end poorly, but it can't. If we walk in the spirit, you'll have your way with us in one way or the other. And so we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. All right, man. Bless you. Yeah, bless you. 303-690-3000 is the number. I'm sure you guys are listening. You go, man, what are you doing, Ed? Well, I could sense with my brother here that that he is wrestling and expressing himself and 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 I was not the answer. Isn't that great? Can't, and I think that I want to encourage you listening as well, that you're not the answer. Um, you're not the answer to your friend's issues. You don't have to take uh, the burden of it all or, you know, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? 
Um, you know, if he would have given a little bit less information, we would have read the scriptures together uh, and prayed, and then the Holy Spirit would have led him. Uh, and as soon as he talked about materialistic, it, it really resonated where that's the point of this opportunity. Um, the point of this opportunity, and I, I just think of the Corinthians dealt with this as well. Remember when Paul said they were going to court and suing one another, and then he said, why won't you rather just be wronged? And a lot of people misinterpret that section like you can't use the court system or you know, you can't um, have, if you can't solve it, you can't litigate it. You know, in proper ways, you can use the, the tools of the land. It's just unwise for believers because, um, first of all, you should be able to resolve things within the church. Now, of course, I've seen things unresolved in the church. I've seen pastors like not have any desire for righteous things. I wouldn't trust my life to an unrighteous pastor, um, but I would trust my life to, to the Lord because an unrighteous pastor is worse than an unbeliever. Uh, where they should know better. And that it's like trusting your life to the Sadducees. And what did Peter say? We're going to obey God, not man. And, you know, it takes boldness in the Lord to do that. So if you guys were listening, you go, what are you doing, Ed? That's all I was doing is drawing out from him. Uh, I love this passage. I was meditating on it last week. And maybe I'm going to meditate um, again. It was a, it's a proverb. I should memorize it by now. I think that's what I need to do. Um, it's Proverbs 20, verse five counsel is in the heart of man or a counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Uh, and that's what I was doing with my brother playfully, but nonetheless, and just kind of like, remember it playfully with no ill intent. It's kind of like Jesus with that woman uh, that came and said, Oh, you know, um, not, it's not righteous to give what's holy to dogs. Um, and she goes, well, at least she said she came back, but at least, you know, we, they can get the crumbs and they were, she understood what he was doing. She, he wasn't belittling her or sinfully putting her down. He was drawing out. Isn't that awesome? I want to be better at that. Um, I want, I want us all the body of Christ to be better at that. 303-690, uh, back to Baltimore now, Trina, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, Hi. Thank you for taking my call, and I listen to you every night at ten o'clock. So, oh, wonderful! Um, oh, every morning at ten o'clock. Sorry. Oh, good, good, <laughs> um, good. But, but I thank you. Um, first of all, I have a question and a, a prayer request. Um, my question is: those we know and love that are not saved, when we're in heaven, will we know about them or remember them? Because if we do, how can there be no more tears in heaven? No, that's a great question. You know, I think. I think that, um, first of all, there is an episode in heaven when God wipes away tears. So possibly that would account for a finalization in his presence of some sort. But we mm -hmm. do have an indication in uh, from the teachings of Jesus when he taught us of the true story of Lazarus and the rich man. Remember that mm -hmm. in Luke's gospel yes. and the rich man, he was yes. in, in, a, in an eternal state. He certainly, he wasn't in the eternal state. He was in a temporary holding place until the cross, not where we go today. We go directly to the presence of the Lord. But back then we have an instance of after death, there was a knowledge that his brothers uh, weren't there and weren't saved. Remember he, at least yes. that was his last mm -hmm. recollection of them. And he asked Moses, Abraham to go send somebody and he said, look, if, if what they have is not enough for them, even if I sent someone, it wouldn't be enough. Um, 
And so there right. is some kind of recollection. But now, you know, in the new covenant, moving forward after the death and resurrection, after the emptying of Hades, mm-hmm. it is an interesting question. You know, because even now, like even now, and the, the, the question also gets asked, you know, and that's maybe how you're asking it as well, that, you know, right now until the until all the culmination of all things, do they have knowledge? And and I don't think they watch us in heaven. No, I don't think they watch us in heaven. I don't think there's an indication in the scriptures that they're going to care much about us when they're in the presence of Jesus. Okay, so when if I'm in heaven and my people that I love are not saved, I won't be knowing about it because I just, just I couldn't. I don't know how you could be in yeah, heaven and even, not, I, you know. I, I do think you're going to know that they're not there presently. There is some mm-hmm. kind of knowledge that things haven't happened yet in heaven. Remember in mm-hmm. Revelation where the souls are under the under the throne and they cry out, "How long is it before you avenge us?" Right. So there there is some kind of knowledge of unfinished business or uh-huh. and there is a sense where the Bible says we're going to be known even as we're going to know even as we're known. Um mm-hmm. but th- how that all plays out in the presence of Christ I think is a different existence than what you and I experience now. Yeah. Okay, well, then that leads me to my prayer request. Um, okay. For, for my daughter and my son-in-law, whom I both love, love both of them very much. Mm. And um, I, I believe I've been praying so hard that I believe I see a crack in the armor. armor um, and I believe that God is working, doing a work in them. But I just want further prayer for them as well. Okay, did you say their names? I think I missed them. Uh, Sarah and Will. Father, I pray for Sarah and Will right now, God, that there's a sweetness and a desire on my sister's behalf for them. Lord, I know you hear our prayers. Your word says you're not will- your, your patience is force unto salvation, that you're not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so we pray according to that line of thinking, God, your desire to redeem your desire to rescue. I think of even just studying the book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve ran away from you, you pursued them. When Cain ran away after of killing his brother, you pursued him. You're a pursuing God. And so I pray for Sarah and Will, as you pursue them, that they would stop and receive you and receive you for eternal life, that you would answer our prayers according to your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, and thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, and God bless you, Pastor Ed. Bye-bye. All right, let's pick up this call. This is a great question. Uh, let's pick up uh, where we at. Denver, Colorado. Joanne, welcome to the program. Hey, Joanne. Yeah. Joanne is gone. It's are you, uh, Julian. Are, what is it? Julian? Julian, yes, sir. Sorry. Sorry, Julian. You're on the air, buddy. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hey. Um, I first, I just wanted to thank you. Um, I started listening to you uh, five, six years ago, I think, on Grace FM, and uh, uh, recently I've been coming to Calvary every week, and it's, oh, right it's on. a blessing to hear you, and just thank you. You're welcome. What can I do for you? Um, I just had a quick question uh, about the best way to go about explaining God to an atheist. Yeah, that's um, that's the that's one of the big questions of the day, isn't it? Yeah. It's 
not easily answered because we don't know exactly where the atheism is coming from. Uh, and so, you know, I think that one of the ways um, that we approach this is to just really, to, to really um, value the person over their beliefs, right? To get to know them, to befriend them, to demonstrate what it looks like for a believer, a follower of Christ that does believe in God, um, looks like, smells like, acts like, um, to, you know, to, um, to present ourselves to him in that way. And then as we're, as we're learning about them, of course, um, you have a lot of different techniques. And if you email me, I can send you, there's a book that you really should buy. And I'm noticing right now, um, I think we might have it in our store at the church, but if we don't, you can get it wherever you get books. Um, but it's called, uh, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And the author is Norm Geisler, G E I S L E R. And he and his co-authored Frank Turek does such a great job of answering the question that you just asked, like in a, in a long form uh, way to, to really step into someone's life and give them solid answers to their solid questions. Um, and I'd encourage you that, but I, I think that one of the go-to's, uh, in this in this question would have to be um, that there's something exists rather than nothing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, reality is not an illusion. Reality isn't self-created. Reality, reality isn't self-existent, which is eternal. And reality had to be created by something that is self-existent. And so it just really depends on what angle the person, they could just be an atheist because they're hurt and you can speak to their pain. They could be an atheist because they're hyper intellectual and you can answer some of their questions, but you, you really have to work through um, where they're coming from. Uh, and if you email me, there's, I got quite a few, infor- I got, I have quite a bit of information I can send you uh, that will get you along the, along that path. Yes, sir. Definitely. I, I did catch your, early, your email earlier on the show, too, so thank you. You you did or you didn't? You still need it? I did. I did. I did. Okay, good. Yeah. I think that book yes, will sir. really help you. You know, I've always appreciated the ministry of Geisler because he not only tells you what you need to hear, but he also develops your framework of thinking around it because that's really what, you know, what you're really dabbling in. An atheist, you just have to remember. So here's some principles. No matter who you're talking to, every unbeliever is dealing with being blinded. So you've got to be very careful, right? Because like, we have a sister in the church. You'll hear her call the show sometimes. Her name is Bianca. Uh, Bianca is blind physically. She cannot see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, we prayed for her, and she's still blind. And so if I was trying to describe something to her, you know, like when we painted the sanctuary or we have new carpet, um, you know, if I said, hey, Bianca, how do you like the new gray carpet? And she's like, what What do you mean? What gray carpet? What's gray? <laughs> like, what do you mean what's gray? And so, well, yeah, I, I, I can't see. I don't know what gray is. Well, gray, it's gray like a whale, you know, have you ever seen? And, then, and so you, you can hear if I take that approach with her, then it's just going to frustrate her. But if I approach her, Hey, Bianca, how, how long have you been blind? 
And she might say, well, I was born with this condition, but I didn't lose my sight until I was 10. I forget the story exactly. Bianca's listening. She could probably correct us on all of it. I would say, well, do you, did you, were you ever able to see anything when you were nine? Do you know what gray is? She goes, oh, I know it was gray is. And then I would start to describe and be very patient with her, very careful with her, and not so quick to be upset when my explanations aren't working because I'm the one that can't relate to her. Uh, and I think we need to remember that, whether it's a super smart atheist or it's somebody who's hurting because of loss in their life. If we just walk in the patience of the Holy Spirit and listen carefully, the Spirit of God will help us. Um, and then you equip yourself with these answers, and that only is cherry on top, right? It's only the icing on the cake yeah. um, that you can help explain. Give good answers to good questions. Definitely. Uh, yeah, and I just I just got the case for heaven from you guys' bookstore too. Oh, good. You know, Lee, Lee Strobel, um, he wrote another book. Uh, he wrote a lot of these case books, but another one was the case for the creator. And I'm not sure. Let oh, me wow. just check real quick. Right let me see if he did the case. Like, and so his the reason I love his books is let me see if it's a case for God. Let me see if he did that. Uh, the way he, he is, is, is amazing. Yeah, it's case for creator. So it says a journalist investigates scientific evidence that points toward God. So, you know, and he's like a journalist. He's going to give the facts so that we come across with the info. Got to go, Julian. Bless you, man. Look forward to meeting you, man. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, Hope Jeff gets some good rest. Um, Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow taking your calls and questions. Shout out across the country, even around the world. We love you. Jesus loves you. And what an honor to be a very small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.